Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. You know, the look it was giving me. Welcome to Bigfoot Hotspot Radio, Sasquatch Chronicles. I'm your host, Wes, along with my brother, Woody, and researcher, author, and friend, William Jeffy. Let's start the show. I do believe that I have gathered the evidence, including this plastic hat taken by Gus Samuels in 1992. You do consider yourself an expert on the subject. Quite so I take it then that you have actually seen a Bigfoot? Not exactly. I have smelled a Bigfoot. I have felt the presence of a Bigfoot. I have tasted the air where a Bigfoot has been. And I have heard a Bigfoot crying in the night. Crying in the night of Bigfoot? I guess. <laughs> oh, it happens more often than you would think. Uh-huh. They're quite emotional creatures. I threw that in there for you, Will. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that guy was pretty hilarious. And you know, the sad part is there are some folks out there just like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I thought I thought you'd find it funny. I did. So I thought what we do is, you know, a lot of times when people hear reported Bigfoot sounds on recordings, a lot of times, I know like Woody and I, if we've listened to some in the past, and we've always said, well, that sounds like a coyote to me, or that sounds like a fox to me. And a lot of people don't, I don't think a lot of people know what a fox sounds like or know what a coyote, I mean, you kind of have a general idea of what a coyote sounds like, but coyotes can, can make some some weird sounds. So I thought what we do is play some uh, audio of known animals versus reported Sasquatch sounds. I, I think it's an awesome idea. I think people really should be better acquainted with things before, you know, kind of jumping the gun and uh, saying, well, that was Bigfoot out there. Yeah. Or the reverse even, you know, saying, well, you know, we heard noises, but it was some, we thought it was this when it really might have been a Sasquatch. Yeah. Did you see that? Uh, I think I sent it to you. Well, I think I sent it to you too. What did they email from the listener? That sent us the BFR report, BFRO report. Right, right. Uh, this is the follow-up investigation of the report, and this is report number 24405, if anyone out there is interested. The investigator out there said, I spoke to the witnesses on the phone, and the following details can be added. The witness and his young family were on their way home from Denver from Los Angeles for the Christmas holidays in late December 1973 when the sighting occurred. 
In the late afternoon, while traveling on Route 66 just west of Flagstaff, Arizona, the witness hit a strong snowstorm and pulled off to the side of the road to gain his bearings and check his map. He thought he might be lost because he didn't see another vehicle for miles and didn't even see any tracks in the snow covering the highway. He was driving a VW Beetle vehicle, which he left idling on the side of the highway. While looking at the map, he glanced up to catch the sight of what appeared to be a large, bulky, two-legged figure running towards their stopped car from the rear. He mentioned that the figure had unusually long arms and legs for a man. The head appeared pyramid-shaped but rounded at the top. It appeared to be covered in black or brown fur and no clothes were observed. From his vantage point inside the car, he estimated the figure's height to be near 10 feet tall. He quickly put the car in gear and tried to accelerate away from the fast approaching figure. The witness stated that the creature actually chased his car and came within 15 feet of the rear of his vehicle before he reached a speed of 45 miles an hour and began to put some distance between himself and the figure. The figure remained on two legs for the duration of the encounter and at one point even raised its arms over its head. At the time, the witness was 24 years old and a member of the U.S. Navy and did not believe in the existence of the Bigfoot-type creatures. He said that he assumed that any reports of those creatures or Yeti were hoaxes or just imagined by people. This experience has changed his perspective, and he is now a firm believer in the existence of Sasquatch. He currently works for the U.S. Mint in in Denver. I thought it was kind of a cool encounter. It's interesting, yes. It goes. I guess it goes back to intent. You know, what what do you think that creature's intent was? You know. Yeah, that always uh, makes me think. You know, when you listen to the different kinds of behaviors, what they were up to. Yeah, you wonder what he. I mean, what, coming after the car, and it's funny he mentioned forty-five miles an hour because I've I've read a few encounters where they've. I mean, I don't know how scientific it is, but they tracked him at thirty-five was kind of the top speed. Yeah, I've actually heard some stories. Um... You know, and I think people are exaggerating a little bit, but they say, you know, they were doing 50, 55 miles an hour and had one, you know, pacing the car. I think speeds around 35 are probably realistic for something that size. Yeah, it's, gosh, can you imagine sitting in your car and seeing that thing coming running up from the rear? No, you know, I, I had mentioned on a previous show, we talked about the sighting over in Wyeth, Oregon, near the Bridge of the Gods back in 88. And it made what you just said about him pacing your car reminded me of talking uh, with some locals over in that area, and back in the 60s or 70s, there was, and I think he was a logger, if I remember correctly, driving out one evening after his day's work and had one running alongside of his truck, you know, peering in, kind of leaning down, peering into the window, checking him out. And then he said he kind of, you know, basically crapped on himself and got out of there as quick as he could. <laughs> I bet. The, uh, I'll tell you what, the first sound I want to play is from Canada. I'm sure everyone's heard this one before. Listen, this is a reported Bigfoot sound, and then I'm going to play a fox right after this. So listen to the Bigfoot sound first. Yeah, I. What do you think? I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. I think it sounds like a fox, you know, as well. I think it has some very dog-like qualities to it, so you know, it's not too not too difficult to figure that out. Yeah, that one. That's actually a reported Bigfoot sound. They claim it's a Bigfoot. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I would have said it was a fox or or some animal like dog-like animal. Yeah, it makes it's a weird sound, but a lot of people don't understand that foxes make weird sounds. Here's here's what a fox sounds like.
Sorry, everyone. Those those sounds are kind of annoying. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the only one that threw me off in the Fox one was that, that clicking chattering. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, they. it's hard telling what they were doing, but uh, they they do make a wide variety of noises. Kind of a creepy noise, too. You know, the the whole screaming that it's kind of doing. I don't know. I call it screaming. I'm not sure if that's what you call it, but kind of creepy. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Especially if you're out there not really familiar with animal sounds. Yeah, hearing that at night. But uh, I got a few encounters I want to play for you guys. So here, I'm going to play another one. This is this is Coyotes, and then I got a Bigfoot sound for you. You guys get the idea. So here is, this was taken from Conway, New Hampshire. We've played this on the show in the past. This recording is from a guy sitting in his tent. He heard this for, I mean, this guy has like hours of recording of this thing. He started recording it, and here's what he captured. Tell me what animal makes this sound. Yeah, I couldn't I'm find any sure. animal. <laughs> I couldn't find any animal that matched up with that. You know, it's interesting when you played the uh, coyote noises. I, I've had I don't know if you guys have heard the Puyallup screamer noises from the early '70s. When you play known coyote, and they had Green and, and those guys had recorded known coyotes, and if you played the two recordings next to each other, you play one and, and then listen to the other one and back and forth. They're similar, but the difference because Sasquatches will imitate animals, animals sometimes. They would, you listen to the coyote noises, like the recording you played, they're kind of barky and, and there's multiple animals where the Sasquatch, you know, would be, they'd be kind of long, drawn out, very strong, singular vocalizations. And, and to the untrained ear, you might say, well, that's coyote, except for there, you know, there was huge, the huge amount of volume with those recordings. They were, they were similar enough. And of course, we found out, you know, through the state trooper there that they were actually hunting coyotes by doing that, but. That's an interesting side note to that. Yeah, a lot of people think that's a black bear, or they'll think it's a bear. Um, I've never heard a bear make a noise like that. No, here's what a black bear sounds like. Not even close. No, not and, even and black close. bears aren't really loud either. They don't have a lot of volume. You're right. Now I got a couple others to a couple other sounds I wanted to get to, including I have a couple that sound like the Umatilla. I know Woody loves the Umatilla sounds. But yeah, those are great um, sounds. Yeah, it's funny, I came across a bunch that sound just like it, but I wanted to play this encounter for you guys and get your guys' take on this encounter first and then we'll come back to the sounds. I grew up in the inner city here in Toronto. Um, I was invited to go camping with a friend and his father up to Warsaw Caves, uh, which is just outside of Peterborough, Ontario. As they said, growing up in the inner city, we didn't get a chance to do that a lot, so I jumped at the opportunity. At the time, my best friend would come back and tell me stories of when him and his father would go up there and uh, and have a great time, so uh, I jumped all over it. You know, this was a Wednesday, so Friday we get we head up, you know, sleep. The next day we go out exploring the cave systems. I almost died that day in one of the caves. There was an icy ledge 
you had to cross this icy ledge that was probably about 12 feet long and it was it was sort of like that and you had to kind of walk across you had to start on one side you had to walk across right but there was nothing to grab and if you went down this way it just dropped off we threw a rock down before we crossed and it took like 30 seconds to hear anything it was you'd been dead if you fell one flashlight so that's trippy enough because the first guy goes past the flashlight back next guy goes and i was always the last guy because i was the least experienced they said so they would all go and we'd be in some pretty little crevices where you're on your hands and knees and even as a little little guy i mean that was it was small so and this and his dad was a, a big dude you know he's probably about six four 280 pounds big guy um and he did it and we just barely fit i don't know he's very good at it so anyways we he they all cross this ledge and then there's me and i'm i don't know what the hell i'm doing so i get halfway and i freeze because i start slipping um i start freaking out crying you know just i'm gonna die I'm sliding a bit. Every time I move a bit, I slide, and I'm I'm stuck, and this is going on for like a minute and a half, and they can't reach me. They're just telling me what to do. I've got my fingernails into the rock, trying to grip it, and I'm sliding, and this guy's an idiot for putting me across that. I don't know what he did, but it was a wake-up call. Anyways, the weirdest thing is that all of a sudden, my feet just felt like they had grip, like I had spikes on them, and I stepped up. And I stood up straight and I just walked up this icy, you know, rock face, which I had previously been slipping down. I, I, I can't explain it. Maybe it wasn't my time to go. I don't know. It was weird. I just stood up, walked off. Anyways, that was the end of that for the day. My my friend would tell me when, you know, after dinner, whenever they, these guys would go up before, you know, the last couple of years they had done it, his dad would, after supper, take off and we had to go find him in the woods or they had to, they would go find him or he would go find him. So... Uh, I was looking forward to that. Anyway, sure enough, after dinner, his dad's just gone. Okay, where's Steve? We're we're, we're looking around, and uh, he had gone west. We found out after. We went east. So we walked far, far, far. You know, there was a field, and then there's a forest line. We get to that. Campsites and everything are way back there. Um, We were on the outskirts of the campsites, the way his dad liked it. Uh, You know, a bit of an anal guy like that. So we're on the edge. So that's fine so anyways we're we're way we're in we're in the thicket we're deep um we're walking up a road straight up a road and at the end of the road it takes a hard right so just you know straight up and right but on the other side of that road as soon as it goes right there's a little outlet little square and almost like of, of a natural depression where nothing grew it's just sort of dirt and you know small bushes and little but at the edge of this square at the back there were trees a couple of trees one was a birch tree you know, as we're walking up the road, uh, my friend yells, a monkey, a monkey. And we, I, I, I immediately look and I hear it. And I hear this thing coming down this tree and it's just its arms are going like this, but its legs are kind of clamping as it comes down, bang. And it was just, I can't really focus on the legs in my mind thinking back on it, but I can tell, or the feet rather, but I can tell the legs are just kind of going, doop, 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 stopping it as it comes down. Sparks flying everywhere, leaves are falling, twigs falling off this thing. It just tore that tree up, but it did it so smooth. Um, aside from, beside the, 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 the crap coming out off the tree, um, I mean, the bark's dying. You know how birch trees are. You know, it just came down fast, and it jumped from, like, 10 feet up. It wasn't even at the bottom. It just jumped back, but it landed. And when it landed, it screeched at us. Just It almost sounded like a barred owl. But it wasn't a barred owl that, you know, that exact na- distinct noise, but it sounded like that noise, that sort of a, a barred owlish sound. At any rate, it, it looked at us, gave this scream, and it took off, boom, and it's on all fours, and it's running, and it's just sort of like a motion like that, and it's going, it's bounding, and it looks back, and it smacks the ground. And a stick goes flying in the air. I can remember the stick flipping up in the air. I, I don't think it grabbed it through. Maybe it did. Maybe it hit, grabbed, and threw stuff in the air. It almost seemed like a, a a caution move, you know, almost like don't follow me. Um, I'm I it, it this is what I get from it that it was saying, you know, like don't follow me. I'm leaving. Um, but if you follow me, I'm gonna f you up, right? <laughs> this thing was no bigger than us. It was skinnier. Didn't scare us at the moment it was like look at the monkey what the hell is there a monkey doing here uh furry black jet black dark dark black the face i the, the face didn't it didn't it wasn't like a chimpanzee or anything it was it was 
It was all black. You know, you could have said it was a shadow, but it wasn't a shadow because you could see fur. It was black, uh, very black. So, anyways, and then and then as it gets away, as it's running away, you could see it stand up. It gets taller and running, and it's running. But again, it's 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 maybe a foot max taller than we are. Very very slim. We're we're young. We're under ten years old, right? Eight, whatever, and we're about this high. And so it wasn't very big at all. It it, it a juvenile, definitely a juvenile squatch. Uh, but it just got silent, just stopped. I mean, we didn't see it stop, but as it as about 7,500 yards in the forest, you know, kind of you could see it tree and then it and then silence. And we were, we were sort of laughing, what, looking at this thing kind of, and all of a sudden just silence. And the forest just kind of came in on us and it was just, whoa. You know, just got creepy all of a sudden, right? But it wasn't, we weren't afraid. We didn't run back. We just kept going. But it was sort of like, that's really weird. It, it, you know, in retrospect, if I knew what I was looking at, I would have been, holy crap, you know? Um, anyways, we're talking about it. We're laughing about it. Um, we get back to the campsite, and his dad's there. He's worried sick because we hadn't uh, we hadn't gone the right way that uh, he thought we would go. He didn't think we would go away from civilization. He thought we'd go towards it, and that was his strategy. And he was in a tree hiding. Anyways, um, we yeah, we told him about the monkey, and uh, he said, but, I, you know, I wasn't there. That wasn't the way I was. Anyways, this thing was much smaller than his dad was, so his dad didn't really say much about it. We saw a monkey. Okay, kids, so, you know, why did you go that way, blah, blah, blah. So, anyways, it wasn't until, I'm going to say, I don't know, it was a little bit of time later, and I started, you know, seeing shows. I saw a show, um, Leonard Nimoy did that show, and it was just this creepiest show in the 80s. It just, you know, in the 80s, the, the, the way that the cameras looked and just really gloomy and the, 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 the music, it just scared the living crap out of me. And it was a light bulb, and it was like, oh, my God, I saw that. I saw one of those. These things are real. And it was from that moment on, I was infatuated, just infatuated with Sasquatch. That, that's a great encounter. And, you know, you listen to the details. Young Sasquatches, and that was a very little one, you know, first of all, the very fluid motion, which made me think of you and Woody's account, you know, of how that one moved, or the two of them moved, actually. And then the coloring. You know, Sasquatches, when they're young, are, are almost jet black, their hair. Then they, as they mature, they turn more of a reddish-brown more more often than not, there are some differences, but the majority of sightings are, are a cinnamon or reddish-brown color. And, and the screeching and, and, the, and the behavior, it's very, very commonplace, you know, the particulars among encounter stories. Yeah, I too. I think that encounter was, was very interesting. Uh, the part that I really liked was him explaining when uh, the Bigfoot, it sounds like it was running in the opposite direction, and it turned around put its hands on the ground and, and either threw the stick up or when it hit the ground, it knocked the stick up. But regardless, uh, he had a lot of different details that, uh, I, you know, in, in a certain order or sequence that I think would be uh, hard to make up, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think that was a really good encounter. Yeah, his details were great. They were right on the spot. Yeah, and the screaming, the screaming he talked about. You know, Will, you talked about the screaming, them screaming to alert the rest of them, and that's kind of what I was thinking when – it kind of turned and, and screamed at him. I got another one I'll play for you guys here in a little bit, but it has the same type of, uh, you see the same type of behavior between the two, of the screaming, it turns and kind of screams at him. And yeah, I don't know. I, the first I thought, thing it did in his case, it, it screamed. So that was obviously an alert. You know, it was you know, probably scared of them, plus Mama had to be nearby somewhere. The other one I want to play for you guys, I'll go back to sounds. This was from Ohio State Park, and this is a reported Bigfoot sound. Tell me what you guys think of this one.
Doesn't it kind of sound like there's a lot of different animals in that one? It does. It sounds like there's two or three anyway. That's funny because I was going to say the same thing. The beginning of that, actually, I don't know what you guys think, but it kind of reminds me of the Umatilla sounds, the very first part of it. Yeah, uh, right. Sounds, sounds like the Umatilla sounds. And then I was actually going to ask you guys what you thought because it sounded, well, obviously you can hear the dogs barking in the background and you can hear a couple of uh, a couple of other things, but did it sound like there was multiple Sasquatches there? Or is, I, is that I what think I there were multiples, yeah. <laughs> I it's hard to tell three. exactly how many, but yeah, that was that was really cool, I thought. Yeah, no, it's very reminiscent of things we hear on the West Coast here. I know on the encounter that we played, the guy talked about barred owl sounds. So mm-hmm. I'll play three sounds for you guys. I'll play the barred owl. It's not very long. I, I think and you then, meant barn owl. <laughs> yeah, is it barn owl? So. Is barn it barn owl? Yeah, barn owl. Right. Yeah. I thought it was bar, barred owl. No, barn. Is no. it barn owl? Really? Right. I think you guys are wrong on that. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, you know what? Let's just I'm gonna, let's just I'm gonna, let's just call it an owl. <laughs> there you go. No, but I think it's barn owl. I've heard that. I've heard that before. Will I've heard the same thing. Yeah, it's a common term. Yeah. Give me one second here. See what the word on the street is. Actually, it's called barred owl. You, you guys can. You guys want to apologize now? Yeah. B a r. Once you read us the definition, and then we'll think about it. Hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll think on it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I like what he said. Here's an owl. And there is such a thing as a barn owl, too. Your guys' story checks out. <laughs> well, we're all right, then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, Dick. Thank you, Dick that's Tracy. Just... We, we we appreciate that. We appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Your story checks out. But but there is a barn owl. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah. Here is the – here's what a bobcat – I'll play a bobcat, and then we'll get to the Umatilla sounds. I think we uh I think we've all pretty much know what that is. Yeah. Not everyone though. So you know, I thought I'd play it. Now getting to the Umatilla sounds. So I have three sets of sounds for you guys to listen to. One is a Umatilla and the other two sound just like the Umatilla. Now witnesses have reported the sound sounding a lot like a hyena. Once you hear a hyena though, it doesn't really sound like a hyena. It kinda I guess like a cartoon hyena, but it doesn't really sound like what a true hyena sounds like. Here's what a hyena sounds like. disturbing than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's I, that reminds me of sometimes how I feel uh, on Sunday morning after a bad whiskey Saturday night. Those sounds. That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> no, just, I don't know. Those just, were some pretty, just that, Sunday morning? Just Sunday morning? Come on, guy. You know Could we're on Saturday there, right? night, too. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is coming from a guy that walked, just walked in and handed me a beer, Will. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I see. Well, he, he's an, uh, an enabler. Yes, yes, yes. Now, would you be sure to record him tomorrow morning? <laughs> so we can have some therapy. <laughs> oh, I'll be calling him brighter and early, trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, on that note, here's the Umatilla sounds. January 21st, about 11 p.m. Uh, I'm a couple hundred feet from my house. And you hear it going off in the background right now. Kind of sounds weird. Uh, kind of sounds doggish, hyena-ish. But you can hear it going off in the background right now. It's really kind of strange, just to say the least. Uh, it's been going off for about 15, 20 minutes so far. Um, by the fire station. And, uh, it's pretty crazy, so if you can... Listen, that'd be crazy. Hold on. I mean, that almost sounds like laughter. It's actually gotten closer since it started. It's probably only 200 feet, 300 feet from me right now. I don't know what it is or what that is going off right there. You can hear it. I mean, I've seen foxes and coyotes around here. For a long time, and I'm not sure why, if foxes and coyotes have been around here that long, why we wouldn't have heard them before. And all of a sudden, since November, things have been just going crazy around our community. My friend who's doing a documentary on Bigfoot will enjoy this footage. was no barn owl hillbillies but uh no <laughs> you know that noise is really similar to what we were hearing in, in south hill Puyallup with this Puyallup screamer thing back in those days you know green and the rest of those guys they described it as a half bark half laugh and i think that pretty accurately is uh describes that sound yeah i think you're right i you know the first time i heard those sounds you guys they kind of put chills, you know, gave me chills, and even today hearing it, and I've probably heard that thing probably 30, 40 times, those sounds, they, there's just something about that sound, those Umatilla sounds, that I feel is is not right. It's creepy, and I do believe it's a, you know, it's a Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if I was living in Umatilla, I'd be looking for another place to live, because I wouldn't be staying there. <laughs> you know, it's like the Snohomish Washington sounds from 1974, the old Screamer, you go down to uh, Klamath Falls, 1993, uh, Myrtle Creek, Oregon. I, I can't remember what year that was. That was in the mid-70s sometime or late 70s. But they're all very similar. If you get a chance, listen to those noises. I will, what was the one in uh, Klamath Falls you were saying, Will? Could you Klamath say again? Falls, 93. Those, those always raise the hair on the back of my neck because I've heard those noises up around Mount Rainier, Graham, and, and Mount St. Helens. I've heard those up and down the coast many, many times. I think it's kind of odd that... You get the same sound out of different areas. And the Umatilla sounds, that's the first time I've actually have heard that. As I was going through looking at or, you know, trying to find different sounds, 
I noticed I came across that same sound over and over and over again. Yeah, for it to be a real creature, it's got to be consistent. Yeah, and it is. I got an encounter for you guys, but I want to play this one for you guys. Tell me if this sounds just like the Umatilla sounds. This was near Yosemite National Park. One more for you guys. This is near East Texas. I love how the kid goes, is it a coyote? (laughs) You know, that Yosemite one is, it sounds exactly like the other ones I had mentioned, you know, from Snohomish all the way down to Klamath Falls, very, very similar. And even the one from East Texas isn't that much different. I mean, there's there's some very strong similarities among all those recordings. You guys, you know what I think was kind of cool, and you guys might think I'm weird for saying this, but uh, if you take the Umatilla sounds, you take uh, the ones from Yosemite and the ones from East Texas. Yes, they all sound very similar. But I think the really cool thing about it, and Wes, you you probably understand this more than a lot of people because you do a lot of you know working with audio tracks and stuff like that. But if you could take out all the background noises, and you could just have the sounds of these squatches, and if you could look on a graph, it's almost kind of like if you could see a visual picture of their um, of when they start these screaming, because they start at kind of a lower noise and then it goes up high and then it comes back down again a little bit at the very end of like, you know, as their vocalizations, it's almost like they're all at the same type of frequency. You know how people have different tones and different sounds of their voices. Well, you, you probably agree that maybe Sasquatches are kind of like that too, but it's it's funny how they all kind of reach the frequencies are all kind of the same in these vocalizations. I thought that was really, it would be cool to pick it apart and see a visual picture of it, like a computer, computer thing to where you could see how high they, how high the frequency is. And then it coming back, back down because they sound very similar. Yeah. And you know, you're right. That's, that's something that Dr. John Napier many, many years ago talked about that people go out and they collect, you know, footprints and all these things, but really the vocalizations give you a lot more information because those things can be charted and they can actually tell the volume of the lungs that made those sounds. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be really cool to do that. I mean, you have to get all the outside. That's more than we could probably do, but it would be interesting to maybe, uh, maybe on another show we could kind of look into that and see what, uh, like you're saying, maybe find out what you know people have to say about it. 
Hey, Will, in all your research, and you've heard that noise before, what do you think they're doing? Is that like a mating thing? You know, I, there's a couple of thoughts that I've had. You know, when we talked about how they move through ranges before and they spread out and feed and do all their, their various activities, it could be for signaling. It could be for mating. Uh, you know, for group, not like the ones you guys encountered, the group was actually together at that instance, but normally they're spread out from one another. You know, so it could very well be. I mean, they don't really have many means, you know, if they're hundreds of yards apart or even, you know, a mile or two, those screams will carry through the mountains very well, you know, that high-pitched that sound. And, you know, of course, that goes all the way back to the Indians, and you look at a lot of their artwork, and they always depict them with their mouth, in a, you know, their lips in a pursed, round configuration, and that's because that's what they've always done. They've made that high-pitched noise. So it's either either signaling of some kind to one another, whether it's danger, you know, the leader saying, hey, you know, it's time to move on to the next feeding area, mating call. Um, you know, I'm sure it's used for very uh, various reasons. I realize it's just kind of a shot in the dark, but I was, I was kind of curious on what your take on it was, you know, that particular sound that they make. I guess it's kind of hard to say, you know, what, what it is. Why they make that yeah, sound? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If unless you really, you know, were observing them and seeing what kind of behaviors they were doing. Of course, in you know Puyallup, I always refer back to that because that was my first real uh, exposure to the you know real Bigfoot hunting with the you know the big shots at that time. And what they were doing there was they were hunting. You know, they were using they were imitating sounds like the umatilla sound. To me, that's sort of an, it, it's a little more coyote-ish. And, you know, to an un, unexper, inexperienced ear, they, uh, you know, some might say, well, that's a coyote, because it's very similar to a coyote noise. But if you know what coyotes sound like, there's none of the yipping and barking. And sometimes, you know, coyotes do kind of long, drawn-out moans, and, and there's always multiple noises, more than one together. Usually they're in their, their little pack. In that case, they were drawing the coyotes in, you know, instead of having to, you know, lay and wait for them because coyotes don't usually, they'll follow other animals because they're a predator too. But since the Sasquatches were hunting them and eating them, they were using the noise to lure them in. Yeah, it's just a really odd, odd sound. I mean, it's just, um, like what he said, that one's always kind of bothered me, you know, because I, I can't find anything, I mean, I literally could not find any animal to match it, not even a hyena. I know you said it kind of has a bark and a laugh, but uh, even animals that we don't have, in North America, I was trying to find something that was close, and there was nothing that was even close to it. No, and, and that, when, I, when I mentioned the barking laugh, that's just how John Green and and, and those guys, uh, and I'm not sure where they got that, that from, whether it was Indians or, or somebody, or they just, that was the best they could describe the noise. And, and when you listen to it, it does kind of sound like a combination of a bark and a laugh. It's um, a good description. Yeah, it, it's probably the closest we could get to it. I mean, if we had to put it in words, you know, I don't, I don't know how else you'd describe it. Scary. That's how I would describe it. <laughs> well, you know, you're out in the middle of the night like you guys were, you know, two in the morning out in the middle of nowhere and, and something like that cuts loose. Yeah, you know, or it's an underwear changing moment, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. <laughs> nice. Well, I got one last encounter for you guys to listen to, and then I have another Bigfoot sound. This was a guy that was describing his encounter with a white Bigfoot, but what I found interesting about this encounter, kind of noticed the the same type of behavior as in the first encounter that I played. Tell me what you guys think of this one. And it comes on down, and it probably stops about uh, no more than 40 yards from me. You know, I'm sitting here this way. It walks down the hill. It stops, like I said, no more than 40 yards, which is not that far. I didn't, you know, he's talking about flipping somebody out, man. And it turns and looks at me. Or I assume it was looking at me. It turned and it faced me, and it was standing like that with its arms hanging down. And I was trying to make its face out. I mean, it was solid white from top all the way down, even its arms. Everything I'd see was white. And it looked at me probably for not not too long, maybe five, ten seconds, which seemed like forever. We kind of sat there looking at each other. I was sitting, he was standing there. And this thing screamed. What I've always described it as is a, like a woman screaming. Real loud. Wow. Now this is this is exactly what happened. I can, you know, like I said, this has been thirty some years ago, and I can see this as plain as if it was yesterday. Well, this same scream, like I said, like a woman screaming real loud, and it turns and it takes a couple big leaps down the woods, stops, turns around back at me, and there's a tree that could be probably about that big, 
So this thing starts smacking this tree. And that tree, you know, I could see it going. And when it did, I made a beeline like a <laughs> rabbit back to the house. <laughs> now, you know, I hunt, deer hunt a lot, and there's hardly ever hunts that I go on that I don't think about that. And actually, I, I live right across the road from where this happened, that still. And uh, I never quit thinking about that. Well, I thought, you know, after got back to home, I thought, uh, well, could have been a person. No, it was too tall. There's nobody around that I know of that was that tall. Nobody had arms as long as this thing had. And uh, I ruled that out, you know. So I thought, the only thing could be is a white Bigfoot. I know it's some kind of an animal. It's not a ghost. That wasn't a ghost. That's some kind of animal. But it was walking like a man. And there's a, a lot of people I would tell, you know, at that time. And, and I've told all through these years, thirty some years. And then I could care less who believes me. You know, right. when I when I I know what I saw. Right. People, you know, they they laugh. Say, oh, you saw this or that. Well, I I know what I saw. The only thing I can describe it as is a white Bigfoot. And I have heard of people seeing what they call gray ones. Maybe you know it gray, white looks white to me, you know. But and I still don't care, you know. I don't care who believes me and who don't. I know what I saw. Some things I can't you, you just don't leave you when you see something out of the ordinary like that. Hey, did you guys notice like the <laughs> the guy the guy interviewing him would laugh at the most awkward points? He's like, I ran for my life. The guy's like, ah. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> kind of like you didn't believe him. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, really? It's like yeah, some interviewer. Huh? <laughs> nice guy. Poor, Real sympathetic. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that you know the poor guy, the poor guy that's getting interviewed. You know, he's he's. Uh, <laughs> you can tell the emotion in his voice, and then the guy's laughing at him. I don't know. Yeah, I thought. The yeah, same not thing not a good combination. I, no, I, I didn't know He's pouring his heart out to him, and the guy's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. I, I noticed that. He's like, no, thinking. really. I know what I saw. You know, white or, yeah. white or gray, whatever it is. He's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Well, it was an interesting account, and it, with the, the screams, and, of course, you know, white ones, that's not out of the question. There are there are white ones. It made me think of an account, and I've I got to tell you guys this. I remember me telling you about the uh, the former Hell's Angels, guy that I met at Mount St. Helens back in the early 90s. Now, this guy was six, seven, three hundred 300 pounds, big guy, you know, not fat, big. And he was, back in the early 60s, told me they're the number one enforcer for the Hell's Angels in Southern California. And he told me one time, now he, he said, you know, at this point in my life, you know, I wouldn't hurt a fly. I've changed, you know, my outlook on things. But he says, I can't tell you how many men I've killed in the past. So he was a guy, you know, that just didn't care about much and didn't, mess with people <laughs> you know what i mean he had a bigfoot encounter him and I, he said he said me and my partner were riding our riding up through southern oregon they went to look for the port orford meteor and this was in the mid-70s they went by this lake and made camp and there was a big ridge above the camp and they heard this scream about 11 12 o'clock at night and it can they thought it was a guy you know coming down the ridge every so often it would make this just loud scream coming down the hill and finally it came to the edge of their camp. The, the firelight was lit up the area around the camp, and there were some um, small saplings, you know, probably said about 30 feet away from them. And this thing kind of burst into this edge of the clearing and grabbed the trees and was just thrashing them and screaming at them. And he says, you know, I hate, I'll tell you, Willie, I, I felt like I was going to be eaten by this thing. So they each had 30-30s, and they shot it in the chest at the same time. And all it did was screech and run off. And he said... I, I'm here to tell you, all we did was get on our bikes and get the hell out of there. <laughs> but you know, the, 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 like with in that account, you know, where we would hit the tree and was making the vocalizations. A lot of primates do that. They'll use objects, you know, usually vegetation or whatever they can get their hands on. To it, it's a dominance thing, you know. Whoever can make the bigger noise and an exhibition usually wins the battle of dominance. So I think that's what they're doing in these cases. You know, if it's, it does the vocalization, it's, it's a confrontation with a threat, which is the man. The same with, in his case, and I've heard it Lord knows how many times in the past, very similar kinds of things. But they're doing things with the vegetation, they're screaming, and it's, it's almost like, you know, it, it's a challenge. It's either, you know, get the hell away from me or you're going to get attacked. Yeah, and that seems to be a lot of people's take on the whole thing. A lot of people say that exactly what you say, Well, they felt like it was kind of a 
it was showing its dominance. It was showing, you know, stay away from me. A lot of people like the first encounter that I played. He took that scream and it tossed him the stick or hitting the stick as don't follow me. And Even was trying at that to show young us, age, the creatures do that, and and the communication is very clear. You know. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to argue with that. I was just going to say, am I the only one that's kind of dumbfounded? <laughs> Will you're talking about the the Hills Angel guy? He shot him twice, twice with it. Two of them had thirty thirties, and all it did was they, make they a noise. He shot in the chest, and he just screeched and ran off. He said, so they got out of there before it decided to come back. He said, they wow. I mean, felt I'm... like it wanted to eat them. That was their. Yeah, well, I know that impression. feeling. I know that. I, know. I can sympathize. <laughs> I know that feeling. I was just kind of sitting here. And I was like, man, they shot it twice with the thirty thirty. Like, how big? How big of a gun do you need? I mean, oh yeah, I've I talked know. to people with thirty out sixes that have shot them, and kind of the same thing. You know, I mean, of course, you're talking about an animal. You remember when um, uh, Rebecca last week was talking about the size of the thing she saw? You know, her dad was a big guy, and his one shoulder would, you know, three men would make up the size right. of the shoulder. So when you're talking in in terms of ratios. You know, we to us, a 180-grain bullet's pretty big. It would do a lot of damage to us. But to something mm-hmm. that big, you know, in retro, in, in perspective, it's more like, you know, maybe like what a 22 bullet would do. I guess you're right. If you take the ratio, if you know the, the size of the gun to how what the size of the thing you're shooting. But it, just to me, I was kind of dumped out. I was like, oh, my God, they shot it twice with 30-30, and it kind of got pissed off and ran off. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, sorry <laughs> to change the subject on that. <laughs> That's probably what I would do if I got hit with a thirty thirty. I right. think I'd get the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're pissed uh, off all the time anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to the next sound. So the last sound I'll play. Actually, there's two sounds. One is a gorilla snarling, which we don't have gorillas in North America, but sometimes you hear a Bigfoot snarling. And the last one is a reported Bigfoot sound. So I'll play the gorilla sound first. <laughs> So here's the reported Bigfoot sound. It doesn't has nothing to do with the gorilla sound. I just wanted to play my uh, monkey sound. So uh, here here is the uh, reported Bigfoot sound. No, no, Mr. Barnell, that wasn't one of your sounds. <laughs> See, you know, I'm not even paying attention to that. <laughs> I won't, my my status doesn't allow me to dignify that sort of remark. So, you know. <laughs> but you know, the Yakult, when we were investigating Yakult, they were making noises just like that every night coming down the Yakult Mountain. Yeah, it's kind of that screaming. I wish I would have gotten one of the the Bigfoot roarings. You know what I'm talking about? I know you guys know what I'm talking about, but the no. where you hear the foot roar. But that's yeah, pretty I much know what you're talking about. That's pretty much all I had for you, Hillbillies. You guys gonna watch the ten million dollar Bigfoot bounty? Uh, I'm not planning to. Would? I guess he's telling mute. Did, did we lose him? No, I was just doing hillbilly stuff. That's all. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I might. Right. Don't I might be interrupting hillbilly stuff. Yeah. No, I. Uh, I might watch it. I don't know. Cheap entertainment, I guess. I'm sure I'll get lots of people email me and tell me about it, but uh Yeah, I had a clip I was gonna play, but you guys kind of peed on that, so I guess I won't play that clip. I was you guys know that I was actually one of the first people they contacted to be on that show. Yeah, and you were really? crazy. Yeah, he wasn't crazy. Yeah, enough. in fact when I when I was getting ready to film the episode for uh America's Book of Secrets, you know, the mystery of Bigfoot, I was in the in the outer room waiting to go in and be uh filmed. One of their casting people called me. And we talked about it, and uh, I was, you know, I was intrigued at first until I did a little research and, and talked to uh, some more people there. And, and basically, well, at the time I didn't really have, you know, I couldn't get out of my work commitment at the time to go do it anyway. But um, they, they've got nine teams, two people teams, and they're in 
an area relatively close to each other running around trying to collect Bigfoot evidence, and they have a panel of judges that are supposed to. I mean, it's a reality show, so they're, you know people are going to be going away, I suppose, each week. You know, the first thought I had was, really, you, know, you're, you guys know where Sasquatches are, and you're going to send 18 people out there racing around the woods, and they're going to find something? So I, I told them basically that, you know, if they wanted to do a serious project, they could more than, you know, I'd be more than willing to listen and, and be involved. But, uh, you know, to me, that's just silliness, I think. It sounds like kind of a game show to me. <laughs> exactly. You know? it, well, it's a reality show. That's what they told me. So, you know, there's <laughs> they're not going to find proof of a Bigfoot like that. That's just it's just retarded, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. It sounds like I the mean, voice. you know, for... It's probably entertaining and all, but uh, it's not serious. I don't think it's a serious effort. Yeah, it kind of sounds like the voice. Like how many how many hillbillies will turn their chair for Justin Spija? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I love that. That's great. <laughs> Who's going right to be your coach head. today? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much all I got for you, fellas. On behalf of Wes and Woody and myself, thank everyone. I'd like to thank everyone for you know listening in and, and saying such great things to us. Until next time, we'll see you next week on Sasquatch Chronicles. Run into Old Navy Saturday and Sunday for 50% off all Old Navy active styles for adults and kids. They're all 50% off. But hurry, it's Saturday and Sunday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 215 to 216 excludes in-store clearance and baby.